Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Good morning, everybody. Our regular Moving Markets podcast will be back in its usual format on Monday, the 9th of January. But for today, we'd like to highlight a recent conversation that my colleagues John Franklin and Grace Treston had with our Head of Investment Advisory, Diego Vogler, on Julius Baer's Wealth Insights podcast. When uncertainty is high, some investors feel safer reverting to cash. But in this earlier conversation, Diego explains the impact that this can have on your portfolio. Cash, rather than meaning the banknotes in your wallet, can you tell us a little bit about it as an asset class and its place in a portfolio? I would define cash uh, as the safety net of any kind of clients. It's a little bit the safe haven asset class. For one simple reason is that cash does not have any mark to market, which is the case with all the other asset classes. So we have fixed income, so bonds, we have equities, we have alternative investments. And uh, all these asset classes, they have prices which are adjusted on a daily basis, hourly basis, uh, on a minute by minute or second by second, cash remain as it is, it's always stable. And this is why most of the people refer that really as the safety net, uh, which again is intended to a certain extent to increase the comfort level of people, especially as you said at the beginning in these very volatile markets. So really, it's just that we're experiencing the next set of market conditions to which the market will adapt. However, there's a lot more noise about it from so many more sources that means there's more attention on what is going on because everyone has an opinion on it. Exactly. It's a game. You know, the the big difference between today and 20 years back, for example, is the level of information which is available. Today, it's television non-stop, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Today, social media, social media non-stops. And, uh, you know, everyone can get a more or less informed opinion about what's going on. And this really raises the attention level of people. But this is also a trap to a certain extent because you tend to overreact, you know, to the last headlines. And we tend all to fall into the same trap, which is we do overrate, you know, whatever is the latest headlines. And we probably should not. Because again, headlines are there to scare you to a certain extent. And what what sells better? Negative news and not necessarily positive ones. This is why we are, generally speaking, bombarded with horror stories. And we tend to be much more prudent than what we should. And this is a little bit, you know, the the kind of things that we try to educate our clients on and trying to be disciplined for the long term and stick to the big picture and not just to what can happen tomorrow or the day after tomorrow, because Nobody knows. And I can tell you for sure, if I had the crystal ball, I would not be here having the pleasure to have this discussion with you because probably I would be on my private island. So if I'm not in my private island and I'm here, it is because I I, I don't know what tomorrow is made of, but I can still try to uh, have this journey along with investors in terms of, you know, what makes sense longer term or not. What is the strategy, what we should overweight and underweight long term or not. And, uh, and not really focus on, you know, the headlines that can happen this afternoon and, and, and the impact over the last or the following two days, because we, we just don't know. And maybe to bring this to the topic of the day, cash and deploying your cash. At, at moments like this, investors 
seemingly tend to like to have a lot of cash in hand because they are wary of investing. They're not quite sure where the market will go or when the volatility will lessen. What do you say to that? How do you convince people to let go of holding large amounts of cash? It's it's not that easy. Huh? <laughs> I will be very honest here. So, you know, the average clients, and this is not just with Julius Baer, but I would say generally speaking with the, with the private banking industry, the average clients owns today between 20 and 25% of cash, which is huge. From a portfolio construction perspective, you should own probably between 5 and 10% of cash. That's fine because, you know, you can have here and there some unexpected expenses you have to face. And therefore, it makes sense to have a little bit of cash or you may have, you know, financial markets that correct. And maybe for you, this is a long term buying opportunity. If you don't have cash, how can you invest? So it makes sense to have a little bit of cash. Now, having one quarter of your portfolio, which is cash, it's an issue today. And why is that an issue today? Uh, For me, the topic of the day here is inflation. And people, they fall into this trap that, you know, because of cash not having the mark to market, you don't you know, lose money on a daily basis on your cash. You know, the, 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 the absolute amount of your cash level remains always the same. And people, they get a lot of comfort of this, you know, uh, not, not, not seeing this mark to market on the cash side. Now, the point is what? The point is that if in Europe you have more than 5% of inflation, if in the US you have close to 8% of inflation, what does it mean? It means that when you take inflation into account, your purchasing power, your real performance is minus 5% in Europe, minus 80% in the United States. Can this be a strategy with 25% of your assets to mathematically lock a loss in real terms? I think this is the kind of discussion that we try to have with our clients in order to raise at least awareness that cash looks safe, but in reality is not. And uh, statistics tells you and financial history tells you that there is no better hedge against inflation than equities and for sure is not cash. Diego, obviously inflation is a very crucial factor, not just for investors, but like you said, everyone's purchasing power is being whittled away day by day. So what has actually brought on this extraordinary environment that we're facing and how is that actually affecting people's cash assets? I would say to a certain extent, it all started with uh, COVID-19 and the lockdowns. And obviously, when we started reopening the economies, we had this phenomenon, which is called pent up demand, which is nothing else than people that for two years, they had no life anymore. So not, not, to, not the opportunity, you know, to enjoy things and to travel and to go to the restaurant and to buy things here and there. And therefore, people, they really wanted, you know, to a certain extent to, to spend. Uh, some money. At the same time, uh, the the lockdowns induced by COVID-19 generated uh, problems in terms of production, so supply shock. So uh, problems in terms of global supply chains, and therefore you have higher demand, lower supply, and prices, they tend to go up. And, uh, and this is where, by the way, we started the year, and the inflation was already, you know, rising at a quite uh, substantial level. And uh, this has been compounded now by the Russian issue. So Russian and Ukraine war means what? Means at the end of the day, two things. The first one is that you have a direct impact on the commodity market. And this is what we see with energy prices going up, gas prices going up. And this impacts all of us because, you know, when you put fuel on your car, that's an issue. When you want to eat your house, that's an issue as well. And at the same time, we found out that also in Ukraine, for example, uh, it's an important place in terms of supply chains. 
especially for the car industry. So, you know, you compound the problem that we had already before. And on top of that, we are in the middle of a secular or long-term trend, which is energy transition. We would like to replace a cheap source of energy, which is oil and gas, with a more expensive one, which is renewable energy. And, uh, you know, probably in the long term, we're doing the right thing for the planet. In the long term, these prices of renewable energy will come down. But in the short term, you're replacing something which is cheap with something which is more expensive. And therefore, it's really, you know, a, an additional pressure that we are having on the inflation side. So this is, again, this is really uh, impacting uh, the purchasing powers of every one of us. And the reaction is exactly the wrong one, as I said before, in the sense that people, they tend to keep too much cash because people, they are scared about rising interest rates, which may affect the financial markets. But in reality, if you really want to protect your wealth, if you really want to protect your assets, you should try to invest in a way that at least protects you against inflation. And, uh, and, uh, and it's probably not cash. So this is, again, back to square one, what we try to discuss with our, with our investors. Do you think there is a psychological aspect to people holding cash, even when they know the statistics are showing them that they need to invest? Is there some kind of psychological fear where they just want to hold their cash? Yes, uh, definitely it is, again, because you don't have a daily or intraday mark to market, so you feel like cash is a safe haven for you but it's optical, um, you know, uh, and, and, and quite funnily enough, you know, people, they tend to keep cash level for a long time. So they feel safe and say, you know, over one year, I did not lose, uh, lose, lose any, any single penny. But if you look at financial history and you are disciplined in terms of, you know, keeping your assets over one year, most probably you, you can keep equities over one year and you will do much better than cash. You can keep bonds over one year and you will do much better than cash. So again, yes, psychologically speaking, many people, they are reassured by having a high level of cash. But in reality, this is a major trap that all of us, we fall into because all of us, or most of us, we have too much cash in our portfolios. So as you mentioned there, Diego, having a portion of cash in your portfolio is fine, but overweighting it means it will underperform. So how do you then advise people to incorporated into a well-constructed portfolio, you know, what role does it play? Is it simply having that element of liquidity or being able to be flexible when you need to? I think that uh, it's, it's, it's also about, you know, uh, having a very honest discussion with investors about what do they really expect in terms of returns. If you hold like 20 or 25% of cash into your portfolio, this influence the way you invest your portfolio, meaning that it's not anymore in line with your risk profile. Um, your risk profile not only determines the level of risk that you are willing to take or able to take, but also the return that you can expect. And obviously, you know, return expectations of our clients, or so investors generally speaking, they still are very high. So, uh, you know, we want to have this kind of conversation with our clients, but we want to highlight that if you hold too much cash, you will not be able to fulfill your return expectations at the end of the year. And in my humble experience, uh, I can tell you that most of the time, or the most difficult conversation I had with investors was not about difficult markets, but was about good markets where actually the market is up by 15, 20%, and they are not up by this way. Why? Because they were too prudent, too conservative with too much cash. So we want really to uh, bring that challenge to their attention. 
Now, how do we convince that by investing? It's just by highlighting long-term investment topics that really make sense and try to really, you know, exploit long-term structural trends in terms of opportunities and, uh, you know, trying to really explain the right storyline to the clients that touches their hurts. And once a client understands what he or she is doing and why, they, 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 they would like to do certain things and invest in a certain way in a portfolio, then this is where we can try to start, uh, you know, at investing the cash. One major mistake that we do from time to time is willing to go from 25% of cash to zero. You cannot. But maybe we can start at going from 25% to 23% and invest 2%. And you can still say to your clients, you know, if things, they really go wrong, you still have 23% of cash that you can invest. So it's really about also reassuring people and avoid extreme movements and do that in a gradual pace. So Diego, you mentioned there changing the amount of cash someone has in their portfolio little by little, rather than going from 20 to zero straight away. Does that come down to the old adage of time in the market is better than trying to time the market? Yes. So uh, being or having a disciplined and gradual approach is the best way to avoid the biggest mistake in finance, which is trying to time the market. Because time in the market is always easy after fact. But before fact, you never know when we will have a correction and what will be the trigger about a correction. But even more tricky, even if you sell well or you keep the cash, you never know when to buy back. And guess what? It's always the same story. So let's imagine that you believe that you want to take the cash or to keep the cash because you believe that the markets, they will go down by 5%. Okay, let's imagine this. What happens in reality? Let's imagine that you're right and the markets, they go down by 5%. And then what's happened is that people around you, they will start explaining you why the market is going down. So you have the narrative that becomes extremely negative, headlines of the newspapers and so on, they become negative, people around you, they are super negative. Because again, we need to rationalize about you know, what's going on. So the market is down by 5%, probably this is the right level to buy, and you don't buy because you're deadly scared, because you say, no, let me wait. And then you start saying, let me wait for the dust to settle. And again, this is exactly when most of the time people, they are waiting and then suddenly the market starts to rebound. But, you know, the narrative remains a little bit, you know, negative to a certain extent. So you don't want to buy immediately. And then the market goes up, goes up, goes up and you give up and you start buying and you end up most of the time at buying higher than before the first correction. And this is why for me, timing the market makes no sense. And I really prefer personally at having a strategy around well-thought investment themes, a well-diversified portfolio, and then you invest gradually. And this is what we try to do with these two, three, five percent, you know, stages in terms of investments, instead of doing, you know, this kind of, I enter into the market with 30% in one shot. Because again, this is a risk that nobody really wants to take and this is not really reassuring most of investors. So that's all for today then. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. To listen to this conversation in full, please search for Deploying Cash in Uncertain Times on the Wealth Insights channel. The usual Moving Market show returns on Monday, the 9th of January, but do tune in again tomorrow when we'll be sharing more interesting insights from our recent podcasts. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. 
please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.